If you've got your Bible this morning, I want to share some scriptures with you uh, on the subject of healing. Uh, I don't know that we've taught healing here at the church yet, but we're in the middle of a series called The Master. And uh, Jesus Christ is the Master Physician. He is our physician, and there's lots of great physicians all across the planet, all across the globe, but, but I, I tend to believe that the giver of life is perfectly capable of giving you health and wholeness and keeping you well, that, that if we'll do the things that we're supposed to do, that God is more than able, that he, everything good comes from him. So I believe uh, this morning I want to give you some scriptures about healing and receiving healing. You may say, well, I don't, need, I don't need any healing. There's nothing wrong with me. Well, it's good to go ahead and get some ammunition. Because, and that's all I'm going to do this morning. I'm just going to pass out the ammo. Because it's good to have ammunition. Or you could say lots of times people, uh, their local, the, 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 the roof will start leaking. And then they want to get up on the roof and try and fix it. Well, it's already raining, baby. I mean, you, you, you should have, you got to take care of these things. That way, whenever tragedy comes or, or something happens, the Bible says we know that the storms of life come to everybody. And we live in a world, I'll just tell you, if it wasn't for the goodness of God, we would all be dead already. It says if it weren't for his mercies, we would all be consumed. If you just... Just watch any kind of 2020 or Dateline. You'll find out everything is corroded. Everything is nasty. They could take a Q-tip and walk around your house and make you throw up. I was I saw on TV the other day they took a Q-tip in Steve Harvey. And I think Steve Harvey's a, a funny, funny guy. He's a Christian type guy. He's not a crude comedian. But they took uh, a, a Q-tip into his. And he's, he's a real kind of a neat freak. But they took a Q-tip into his studio and into his dressing room. And then they put it in a Petri dish. And they started showing him all the funk everywhere. And he just thinks, well, I'm just healthy and everything's great. But listen, there's worms and carsa and, and, and bacteria and carcinogenics, whatever. Everywhere you're surrounded by these things. But the hand of God and the goodness of God, the immunity that your body has because of God. He's putting safeguards in your life to keep you. Uh, and we know that the moment that Adam sinned, that, that the Bible says that Death came in, sickness came in. Those things are a result of the fall. Or the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. The moment that the Garden of Eden, everything changed, then these things started coming. And they would live uh, six, seven, eight, nine hundred years. That's how long they would live back then. But, but, just, but just death and the process of time would shrink things down. But Jesus came so that he could reverse the curse. That he didn't come just so that we could go to heaven he came for to give us life and life more abundantly he came to help us and I want to show you some scriptures this morning on healing I would like to preface this by saying that, that I believe in medicine I believe in doctors I believe in hospitals there are some pe people that preach faith or preach along these lines and they think well you don't need a doctor you just need Jesus listen I'm of the persuasion that whatever it takes for you to get better get better if it takes aspirin or if it takes surgery or if it takes insulin or if it takes chemo whatever it takes for, for you to get better I believe all healing comes from, from God even if it comes through a man 
sin. Because the reality is, is whenever God uh, gathered up dirt and he said, let us make man in our image. And he formed and fashioned Adam. And then he breathed his life into that dirt. That, that, that we're, every person on this planet is created in the image of God. Has the breath of God in it. So whatever we accomplish in life, it's because of the God-given breath that we have. If you just look at the, the Tower of Babel, some of you may be familiar with the story of the Tower of Babel. But, but the, these people got together and they said, let us make a tower that goes all the way up to heaven. Because we want to be like God. So, so their motives were, were wrong. I mean, I know that's the same problem that, that the devil had. The Bible says that, uh, that the devil was cast out of heaven like lightning. Boom! There goes the devil. He, he's cast out of heaven. Why? Well, because his attitude was, I'm going to be better or be like God. So these people, they got together and they start building a tower up to heaven. And God, the Bible says that God looks over the banisters of heaven. And he says, these people can accomplish anything they want to accomplish. Even though their attitude was wrong and they had pride, just that God-given dominating breath that was in their bodies given by him gave them the ability to to start building a tower all the way up to heaven. So God says, I'm going to have to mess up their languages so that they they don't keep going with this. And that's how now the Bible says that, that everybody spread out all over the face of the earth because now they didn't all speak one language now they all speak multiple languages so all these dialects got spread all over the globe because these people got together uh, with one heart one mind one purpose one voice and they can accomplish anything so I could I'm just telling you that that in medicine the things that have been accomplished and will be accomplished in medicine today are fascinating I mean they're putting robotics in people I mean robotic arms and if you just think about the guy that discovered penicillin at a time when the bubonic plague is killing everybody. And he found a fungus from a plant that God created. And he turned that into all the penicillins that you and I take every year just to survive. And that guy got a Nobel Peace Prize. And he may be a Babylonian type person. He may never give God credit or acknowledge God for that discovery. And yet God has used him him to save millions and millions and millions of people with that fungus that God created. So whether or not uh, physicians will ever acknowledge the, the, the strides that we've made that God helped them to do it, all healing goes back to him. Because I trust, I trust me, no healing is going to come from the devil. He's not out handing out uh, health and healing and prescriptions no if if there's any way you can obtain healing then go for it baby as long as you have a, a clearance in your heart and in your spirit if you need surgery then then whatever it takes for you to get better get better so so this morning I'm not gonna I'm not I don't want you to get the impression that I'm not for medicine listen I'm for all of it because whoever comes up with it that person is created in the image of God has the breath of God in them and everything that we ever accomplish that's good it's because of him it's not because of our own thoughts our own brain no it's because of him so I want to show you this morning this passage of scripture in numbers 
But before that, I want to give you this. The first one on your page there, if you've got a page, is Psalms chapter 144, verse 1. I love this verse here because you've got King David. And King David says, blessed is the Lord my rock. He trains my hands to war and he trains my fingers for battle. Now back then, obviously, they didn't have the, the, the medicine and things of that nature that we have. But I believe that, 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 that God anoints men to war against sickness and to war against disease. Whether they ever acknowledge it or not. I believe God anoints surgeons' fingers for battle. That as they go in the surgery room and they scrub in. And there's people that have tumors or they have growths. Or they have hips or knees or things that are going on. I believe that God anoints people to war against sickness and disease. And, and, and Because if you look at Jesus, everywhere he went, he was ministering and was giving healing to people he wasn't just oh whenever you die you'll go to heaven no he was always endeavoring to fix people that were hurting so I believe God anoints people's hands to war against sickness and disease but the passage I want to give you this morning is in Numbers chapter 21 and this is an Old Testament story of healing in the Old Testament God had seven redemptive names in other words, they would, they would call God seven different names. Now, whenever we call God, we call him the man upstairs or, uh, you know, God or what, whatever we come up. But back then, they would call him Jehovah Nisi or Jehovah Sikhanu or Jehovah Shama or Jehovah Jireh, the Lord my provider. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord my peace. Or the one for healing was Jehovah Rapha, that when they would call upon Jehovah Rapha. And that just means the Lord my healer. So that was one of the ways that they addressed God. They acknowledged him. You are the one that heals us. That, that we know that there was two to three million of these people that were walking across the wilderness. And the Bible said that there was no feebleness among them. There was no sickness among them. You're talking about three million people and no colds or no headaches. That God supernaturally, because they recognized him as your Jehovah Rapha. You are the one that heals us, that keeps us and that preserves us. And while the other Israel, while the other Palestinians or the, the Philistines or all these other people, they may be suffering from things, but, but you, we see you as the Lord, our healer. So this is an Old Testament story of healing. If I don't finish today, which I probably won't because I, I rarely do, uh, I'll continue next week and we'll look at some New Testament uh, uh, stories or, or ways to actually uh, receive healing. But I want to give you this in Numbers chapter 21 uh, verses 4 through 9 and I'm about to show you uh, a, a video and the video's a little bit gross. Everybody say amen to that. So I'm, this, is, this is your disclaimer. It's only a 30 second video but, but the, the story that we're going to be looking at this morning has to do with snakes and snakes biting the Israelites. And uh, we don't think a whole lot about snakes or about uh, things like that. We saw some snakes yesterday at my house. And the first reaction is like, oh, there's a snake. And then, you, you know, you kind of scoot back depending upon your level of fear about how you are with snakes or spiders or whatever, you know, roaches. Uh, oh, God, I didn't tell you this. This was so disgusting. Don't say it now. It's not that bad. I was feeding my chickens. <laughs> I have chickens. And uh, apparently roaches like my chicken food. 
because I went in there to scoop out the chicken food. And whenever I did, there was a couple of roaches in the thing. And one of them flew up the back of my shirt. And I became like a little schoolgirl. I mean, I'm glad nobody was there. But I became just like a little squealing like little child. It was so embarrassing. I looked around after it was over and I thought, God, I'm glad nobody saw that. Uh, so different people have their different phobias or their different whatever. So there's a, I want to show you this video just to give you a glimpse of what these people are going through in this story that we're talking about. Because sometimes we read the Bible and we think, okay, the earth flooded without ever really considering the magnitude of millions of people drowning to death and the stench that it left when the water went down. We just don't think about stuff like that. We think about the flannel board that we saw in Sunday school that has a big boat and and there's, there's a giraffe with his head sticking out the window. And it's like, woo, Noah in the ark without ever really thinking that the, the, what's going on in these people's lives. And this particular story has snakes, hundreds or thousands, I don't know how many, the Bible doesn't tell us, but attacking the children of Israel. And I've never been bitten by a snake, but I do like this show on Discovery. And it's called I Was Bitten. And they, they chronicle or they... they interview people that were bitten so this is just a trailer for discovery so there's just one or two little images of a little snake bite it's not that bad uh she saw it earlier <laughs> uh so there's a little swollen thumb on there no big deal so it looks like a slug but there's nothing nothing that bad uh but i want i want us to grasp what they're going through this morning but let me pray for you first let me just go ahead and we'll just pray first uh, before we go any further because I haven't prayed and I want to uh, read these scriptures and watch this video. So let's pray together. Thank you, Father God, uh, for this, uh, these next few moments that right as we read your word, I thank you, Lord, that you said that you gave us your word and that we can eat it and that it can be a nutrition and health to our spirits. I thank you, Lord, for every person that's here under the sound of my voice, myself included, that let us see things that we've never seen about you before. Let the next 30 minutes of, of our life just be consumed with knowledge of you so that we can go out of this place and be thrilled and be excited about who you are in us and what you've called us to be. I thank you, Lord, for the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon every person, myself included, so that we can see and know you better, feel you, experience you, and we can go out and reach our city and our world. Thank you, Lord, for these next few moments. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. So if you give your attention to the screen, you ready? You got it? This small, they wiry. He's got fangs that shoot out the side of his mouth. I've been bitten three times. The pain kicked in, and I was a mess. You could hear him screaming in agony. It causes this digestive process. I just had to watch my thumb be consumed from the inside out. There is no anti-venom. It looked like something out of science fiction. He looks like a space alien slug. And this is the worst case scenario. There was no way to stop it. Snake by without this. like to get that series on DVD just want to go ahead and offer that it's on amazon.com you can go ahead and log on I'm just kidding I actually love that show I watched it I watch it I think it's awesome uh, not because of the grossest but I, it just fascinates me some of it fascinates me because these people keep these things as pets like that poor guy says I was bitten three times really Really, you need to get that happen to you three times, bonehead. 
but so some of it just fascinates me and 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 really of the ones that I chose that one because it was very mild that that I'm trying to get over to you the magnitude of what these people are experiencing that that we're going to read and yet this was very mild this guy's bitten on his thumb and due to modern medicine they saved his thumb they actually they they took all this part off and they sewed his thumb into his thigh for 3 weeks and then his thumb, it grew, his thigh grew skin over his thumb. And he had to sit like that for three weeks. Then they snip his thumb off of his thigh and sew his thumb back together just so he can have a thumb. But think about uh, 1,500 years ago, there is no sewing. There is no, there, there is no emergency room. There is no anti-venom. These people suffered, I can tell you. It was no way to die and it was it was horrible and, and thank God for modern medicine I'm telling you if you were ever to say well I, you know I just believe in in the Lord healing me you better go get your thumb sewed in your groin or they gonna chop that thing off you better go get some help because that man he, you need help and, and thank God for medicine and for doctors but thank God that, that there is a great physician that we have Jehovah Rapha and he is the Lord that heals us and he keeps us and protects us. This is found in Numbers chapter 21. I want to give you uh, uh, this this morning, just a, a tad bit of history on what's going on in Numbers. Genesis, Exodus, Deuteronomy, Leviticus, and Numbers. Genesis gives us the story of creation and Abraham and all that, but the next four books give us the story of Moses, and we know that Moses was born, but they tried to abort him. They tried to kill him. They, tried, they killed all of the males, but Moses was spared, and he was saved, and later on, he was used to deliver God's people from Egypt, but, but after they they, they cross the, the Red Sea and everybody's familiar with them crossing the Red Sea and then Egypt and all them, they get washed away. Well, on the other side of the Red Sea, now Moses has to lead these people. What God told him would be the promised land. He says, I've got a land for you that's flowing with milk and honey and I want you to lead my people to that land. So that the first step though is they had to send spies into the land. And the Bible says they sent 12 spies to spy out the promised land. And those 12 spies went to the promised land. They came back and 10 of them said, man it's awesome. There's giant fruit and all this stuff is wonderful but the problem is we can't take that land because there's giants in the land. It's filled with Goliaths. We aren't capable of overcoming the obstacles to get to the promised land. But two people, Joshua and Caleb said, we should go up at once and we should take this land that God has given us if he's for us it doesn't matter if they're a hundred feet tall it doesn't matter if there's a million of them and ten of us we just walked across the 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 Red Sea on dry ground anything's possible for us God wants us to have it he's given it to us he'll help us we can do it Two of them said, we can. Ten of them said, we can. So God comes to Moses and he says, I have a land that's for you. But he says, none of you are going to make it to the promised land except for Joshua and Caleb. He said, all of you are going to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. And you're going to die in the wilderness. The next generation, your kids, they're going to be the ones that possess the promised land. Only Joshua and Caleb will be able to make it. Everybody else that's 20 years 
and older, you're going to die in the wilderness. So for 40 years, they had to live in the wilderness. I don't know a lot about wildernesses. I've always had, you know, a home, a roof over my head. But uh, I've seen, if you ever watch Bear Grylls. How many of you ever seen Bear Grylls? Don't you love Bear? My gosh, he's like a hero. And, and, and Bear Grylls, they'll drop him in the middle of nowhere. He'll be in a helicopter and he'll say, Hi, I'm Bear Grylls. In 1998, four men's plane went down in the desert of Afghanistan and they did not survive. I'm going to show you how to survive. So for, so for a week, he's down there. He doesn't have anything. And he's living in the wilderness or living in Afghanistan for a week. And he finds different things to eat. He'll eat some crickets or he'll find water. You know, the one that I saw that would pertain to this type of wilderness being Afghanistan over in this region he finds a dead camel and he cuts the camel open and he takes the grass out of the camel's stomach and he squeezes the grass in his mouth and that's his that's his drink that's what he's going to live on for the next day or two and he starts eating parts of the camel you know the camel's laying there with flies on it but he knows he's like oh the liver is the coldest organ in the body it's still good to eat so he starts eating this liver and like oh thanks bear that's that's great information right there but anyway, so he'll make it out for seven days. He makes it out of the wilderness and he survives and he's me and Noble's hero. But, but these people live there for 40 years. They're wandering in the desert. But while they're there, uh, God takes care of them. He gives them a cloud by day to give them shade. And he gives them a fire by night to keep them warm. He has literally millions of quail come into that camp. It, it, once they, the researchers have studied it out, that in order for 3 million people to have the amount of quail that he had, it says that they had to be 3 feet deep. In quail. I mean, you're talking about he supernaturally provided crazy things for them. They would spite the rock and the rock would open and water would come out. So for 40 years, God is keeping them and they complained the whole time. They complained about the manna, the bread that would come down from heaven. That They complained. But the reason I'm telling you this is right where we're about to read is they've been in the wilderness for 39 years. In other words, they've only got one year left, baby. One year left we've been wandering around for 39 years and now they're on the border of the promised land they can see it they got their kids together like, that's where we're going y'all we've been living out here for 39 years but that's it that's where we're going once we cross this river we're right there so that's where we're at in numbers chapter 21 that's what's going on with them verse 4 I'm going to read this to you in two different translations. Uh, verse 4, it says, Then they happened to Mount Or by the way of the Red Sea. And they, they asked to go around the land of Edom. I want you to remember that. They're asking. They wanted to go around the land of Edom. And the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and there's no water and our soul loathes this worthless bread. So the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people and they bit the people and many of the people of Israel died. Excuse me, died. Verse 7, therefore the people came to Moses and said, we've sinned for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. 
pray to the Lord that he will take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And it shall be that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, he shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent. He put it on a pole, and so it was that if the, if any, if the certain had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. I want to read this to you in the Amplified Version, and then I want to show you uh, five or six things that I believe will help you. How many of y'all out there, y'all live? Y'all, y'all, y'all love the Lord today? Y'all like your B-I-B-L-E? Best book on the whole planet. All right. Y'all probably don't have the Amplified, so we're going to put it up there. That way you can look at it. Verse 4, we're going to look at this again. It says, They journeyed from Mount Or by the way to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the people became impatient. They became depressed. And they were much discouraged because of the trials of the way. And the people spoke against God and Moses. Why have you brought us out to Egypt to die in the wilderness? There's no bread. There isn't any water. And we loathe this contemptible, unsustainable manna. The Lord sent fiery or burning serpents among the people. And they bit the people and many Israelites died. And the people came to Moses and said, We've sinned for we've spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he will take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people and the Lord said to Moses. He gave him a plan, a prescription. He says, make a fiery serpent, a bronze serpent. Set it on a pole and everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, he shall live. So Moses made a serpent of bronze. He put it on a pole. And if a serpent had bitten any man, when he looked to the serpent of bronze, attentively expectantly with a steady and absorbing gaze what's good he lived i want to give you six keys to surviving or or attaining healing or health or you could say surviving a snake bite that six things that, that if you get bitten by a snake, six things that will preserve you or keep you. Because you live amongst snakes. I can tell you, you live amongst uh, bacteria and germs. You live amongst things that cause cancer and things that your body breaks down. There's snakes everywhere. And let me tell you this, back then, those snakes, they, they were already there. And they asked God, they said, God, take the snakes away. And you notice he didn't take them away. He said, no, you live amongst snakes. But he says, I have a prescription and I have a remedy for you. And if you'll follow my prescription, even though you're surrounded by venom, he says, I can preserve you and I can keep you and I can sustain you. But it's up to you. But I'm not taking them away and I can't take them away. Because the moment Adam gave over his lease on this earth to Satan, the Bible says that he became the God of this world. And, and as long as he has that lease, as long as the devil has the lease, that, that he has on this earth until one day the Bible says Jesus is going to split the eastern sky and he's coming back and he's going to have fire in his eyes and a sword in his hand and he's going to come back and he's going to take Lucifer and he's going to thou he's going to chain him up for a thousand years and put him in the lake that burns with fire. I mean, I ever read the Revelations, man? Don't you like that? Rawr! It's awesome. 
But until that day, you're going to live with serpents. And there's going to be things, everything that we have to deal with. But God will help us and he'll, he'll show us. So step number one. Man, I got to roll, don't I? It's 1044. Praise God. It's going to be, we're going to be all right, though. We're going to make it. Step number one. If you want to survive a snake bite, the number one thing you can do is don't get bit. Don't play with the snakes. Bonehead here says, I've been bit three times. Well, you are an ignoramus. I would have cut that sucker's head off and we wouldn't have had to deal with him anymore. He wouldn't have been in my living room in the first place. But you got a living room full of aquariums, cuckoo, anyway. Uh, just saying. And you got a bunch of poisonous snakes in there. And yet we, a lot of times, we dabble and mess with these things knowing that they're poisonous, knowing that they're bad for us, knowing that they're not good. And we go around messing with these venomous things, thinking that they're not going to bite us, they're not going to hurt us. We can eat whatever we want to eat. We can watch whatever we want to watch. We can live whatever we want to live. We can drive however we want to drive. And then whenever calamity strikes, we're begging God. And he says, listen, you live. I told you, you live amongst this stuff. And if you want to survive, the first thing you can do is don't get bitten so their problem here is is they really had several problems the the first way you cannot get bitten is watch your thoughts because the first thing it says here is they got discouraged they got impatient they got mad and they got upset and they were complaining about God a God's not taking care of me God you're not out here with us you don't love us you don't care about us and they're thinking negative bad thoughts well anytime you start thinking that way the Bible says as a man thinketh in his heart so is he and then out of the abundance of his heart the mouth speaks so they doesn't stop in their brain then what do they do they've hooked their brain up to their mouth and they start speaking their mind well that's not good all the time if your mind's not right and you start speaking your mind what do they start saying you brought us out here to die we should be in Egypt right now God's not taking care of us and they start whining and murmuring and complaining well the Bible says that you have what you say and right here they're going to get exactly what they said we're going to die what did the snakes do killed a whole bunch of them well you can do simple math and find out that one plus one equals this and they've let their their thoughts go they've let their mouth go they've already said this is what we're expecting to happen we're expecting to die out here because we can see the promised land but God doesn't take care of us and I don't know if you're like me but I sit in, the, in, my, in my chair and I I'm reading this and I'm thinking, what a bunch of nincompoops. Oh my gosh, you are a bunch of, of moronic idiots. He's given you the, the bread and quail. He's given you water. He's given you everything. And all you do is complain. And then the Holy Spirit comes walking in to my room and he's, he's whistling. And then he starts showing me. He says, how many times have you done the same thing? I've given you a house and a car and you live in America and you got some food in the cupboard and your little kids are healthy and yet you worry about this and you worry about that and you worry about this and you worry about that and you think this and you think that and, and all the while I'm doing what they do and yet I'm, I'm looking at the speck in their eye when Jesus said, why don't you worry about the beam in your own eye? So all of us have to do some self-examination and find out how are our thoughts going, how is our voice going, and how are our appetites going? Because the other way to not get bit is just don't get around it. Here they said, we won't, 
We're tired of eating these healthy vegetables. Tired of it. Organic stinks. We want to go back to Egypt where they drink beer and they get full and and they, they eat opulently and they do all of this stuff. We want to live like that but have the results of health. Well, it's not going to happen, bonehead. It's not. If you don't want to get bit by serpents, then you have to do what we, what we know to do. And I'm preaching to myself. I'm telling you, if you've been out here much, you know, I'm like a sugar fanatic. Like, I just like, just want sugar. Any way I can get it, just love it. It's delicious. But the Lord, he's got on to me several times. He says, hey, sugar boy, sugar baby, you better get it right, sugar baby. Because... And I know because I went and got a colonoscopy. And I'm not trying to be gross or anything. You ever got a colonoscopy? I don't recommend it. They're horrible. (laughs) They're very violating and disgusting. It's very bad. They tell you count down to 100. You're like 199. Then you're asleep and you wake up and you know something bad happened. (laughs) Things went south. But you have your colon's way up here. And they had to cut things. He said the size of the thumb out of my colon up here. And he said it's not cancerous but it's precancerous. And you need to watch this and don't eat this. Cancer eats sugar. And immediately I'm thinking oh man I like. And ever since then whenever I'm just gorging myself on a whole gallon of ice cream. The Lord will say hey serpent head. Hey if you don't want to get bitten, don't blame me when you get bitten. Because I've warned you. I've sent physicians to warn you. And I've got my Holy Spirit warning you. And you better watch what you're doing or you're going to get bitten. So the best way to, to, to be healthy and to not need a miracle is to don't get bitten. Watch your mouth. Watch your words. Don't complain. And, and watch your appetites. Eat right. You say, well, I'm tired of this loathsome bread. I'm tired of wheat. It's sorry. I want white. You know, and you can, you get that attitude, but God's trying to preserve your life. He's trying to help you. He's trying to keep you. Number one, don't get bit. Control your thoughts, control your mouth, control your appetites, and no shortcuts. And I wish I had time to go into this. But the very first thing is asked, they said they wanted to, get, to take a shortcut through Edom. If you read it, what they did is they go to the king of Edom. They say, hey, the promised land's right over there. And, and, and we want to cut through Edom to get there. And the king of Edom says, I heard about what y'all do to people. Your God is a destroyer. That dude's bad to the bone. You're not coming through Edom. You're not going to shortcut to get to the promised land. I know you're right here in the promised lands right here and the Lord told you to go around but you don't want to go around you just want a shortcut over to the promised land no 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 you're not coming through here and they said come on we won't we won't we won't step on your crops our, our, our animals won't drink from your wells we won't we won't pick any of your vegetables please let us go through and the king of Edom says you're not coming through here and the Bible says that he sent out an army to resist them or to say you there are no shortcuts so the reason it says no shortcuts is sometimes we want to shortcut that we know that in order to get where God wants us to be or in order to obtain health or whatever you got to eat a certain way you got to get up go to the gym do a little calisthenics some jumping jacks or whatever but what we just like to shortcut through things God says listen there are no shortcuts all right number two I got to go I'm not I know I'm just saying I'm, I'm just thinking about my pregnancy and I want to get this whole baby out And I'm not going to get the whole baby. I'm not going to get to deliver the whole thing. Praise God. Number two, don't panic. (laughs) Listen, don't don't panic. I'll make it through two. I'll finish next week. Don't panic. If you've ever been bitten by a snake, the first thing they tell you to do, don't freak out. 
don't, don't, don't go, I'm bit, I'm bit, and start running. No, 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 no. If your heart rate goes up, it starts pumping that poison all the way through your body. Boom, 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 boom. And now it wasn't your thumb, but now it's literally, it's going to eat every cell of your body. The first thing they tell you to do, and the reason I know this is because I hunt, and I've been to hunter safety, and I've done all of it, and I carry this with me whenever I go hunting. And this is, some of you may know what this is if you've ever been hunting, it's a snake kit. And this is what it's for. You keep this in your pocket. And if you get bit by a snake, it's got instructions. The first thing they tell you to do is they say, sit down, calm down, slow your heart rate. Don't freak out. Because if you start going bananas, you just speed up the process. Listen, I can say if calamity comes to your house, to your body, to your kids, to your aunt or your uncle or Aunt Jim Beam or whoever, whoever your, your person, Jane well, you know, everybody's got their crazy aunt things happen in their family and they think, oh no, my favorite person, my, 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 my aunt or my nanny or my child, something happens and all of a sudden we, uh, we, we want to get real extreme. But 365 times the Bible says fear not what is it about fear that God wants you to resist so bad he knows that it's a deadly toxic emotion that for you to to to, to get all worked up he wants you to have some ammo in your arsenal he wants you to to have faith in him and have faith in his word and listen I'm not telling you to do something that's easy listen whenever tragedy strikes and hits it's hard sometimes to remain calm it's hard to be positive and think about happy thoughts and good future especially if it's a real bad tragedy or calamity I'm not saying that this stuff is easy but I'm saying if you want to survive for you to get all into fear and start being like I'm going to die I'm not going to make it they're going to cut my leg off they're going to be bad I mean, to, to go that route is counterproductive you're going to have to learn how to slow it down and get out the word of God and say no David said that if a thousand fall on this side and ten thousand fall on this side it will not come near me. And you think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and the fiery furnace, and Daniel and the lion's den, and all these people that overcame great adversity. Death is at their door. But rather than give in to death, they said, we will not die. We will declare the works of God. He's not against us. He's for us. We can. If any one of those people that we consider to be great heroes of faith, if any one of them would have fallen and given in to the fact that they're going to put me in a lion's den and that lion's going to maim me and rip me to pieces and shred me. I mean, if they would have given themselves over to that, then they wouldn't have made it. Their attitude was, God's going to, he's going to help us. And if I go down, I'm going down believing. I'm going down trusting. I'm going down expecting him to move because I believe in his goodness. The problem with the people of Israel wandering forth through the, through the wilderness, that they didn't believe in his ability to provide for them. They didn't believe in his ability to keep them and to protect them and that really upset God because he can keep us he can protect us don't panic trust God trust his word number three get the poison out this little kit right here after you after they want you to sit down and calm down now you've got to deal with the problem and the way they want you to deal with the problem is you put a tourniquet on. It's got a tourniquet in here. Which a tourniquet is just a rubber band. So wherever you get bit at, 
They want you to, to tighten that thing down if you get bit on your hand. And then I'm not going to open it, but there's actually a razor blade in here. They want you to cut from hole to hole where you've been bit. And then you apply this suction cup on there and you've got to suck the poison out. You've got to get that thing that's causing this problem. You've got to get it out of your body. And, and, and it's, it may be a little bit painful. I don't know if you've ever done any surgery on yourself without any anesthesia. And you've been bitten and that thing's starting to swell up like a banana. And now you've got to start slicing on it. Uh, things can get bad fast. But the same thing is true for us. That whenever we recognize that, that we've been bitten or something has happened to us. We've got to find out what the problem is and get it out. What, what they, they immediately knew what the problem was. God's, there's, there's snakes and they're biting us. We spoke against God. We spoke against Moses. And what did they do? They repented. They got the poison out. They went to God. They went to Moses and they said, we spoke against you. We said this. We did this. We shouldn't have done this. We were asking you for forgiveness. God, we're asking you for forgiveness. And what does God do? God removes or he starts, he gives them a way to deal with that poison. So, so you have to realize or you have to find out what is it that, that, that's causing me this problem. And if there's any, the Bible calls, says that unforgiveness, that, that whenever you stand praying, if you you have ought against any if there's people in your life that you need to forgive he says you need to get that out of you remove that out of you you have to be able to suck that thing out now if you have a friend it tells you it's better if you have a friend that they suck the poison out anybody want to be my friend just kidding you can be my friend that is so kind they want you to what's it you have to remove it you have to get rid of it James 5, 16, I want to read this one. I'll have to close with this. We'll have to pick it back up next week. Get the poison out. James 5, 16, the Bible says, Confess your trespasses to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. There's something about poison here, even in the New Testament. It says, listen, if you want to overcome says you need to confess your faults. If there's anything going on in your life, if there's anything that you've done or anything, any, any, any unforgiveness, whatever's going on, whenever it comes to healing, it's imperative that for you to receive from God, you got to make things right. And sometimes we don't want to make things right with, with our, you know, ex or our this or our that. We don't, we don't want to, to mop all of that stuff up. But, but here it says, listen, whenever you're expecting God to do something supernatural in your body, you have to unclog the pipe and sometimes we clog up the pipe that we receive from God with and it gets clogged up with all kinds of stuff but God says listen you need to get that stuff out so that you can receive from him I'll finish this and then we'll pray together it says the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much the effective or the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much Praise God, I didn't get to half the things I wanted to get to this morning. I'd say I'm sorry, but I believe that we got out what we needed to get out. Next week, we'll pick it back up. And uh, praise God, let's pray together this morning. You want, yeah, huh? Sure. No, go ahead. You say it now, and then we'll pray together. Hey, just one thing. Um, as he's talking about this, I encourage you to come back next week so you can, of course, catch the other, other half of it. But if you're struggling with anything mentally... This applies to you, healing in your mind. 
God just, he doesn't want you to just be healed in your physical body, but also in your soul, which is your mind and your emotions. And I know as a woman, sometimes I know even me, I, there's times when I have to get rain my emotions back in. I need some healing in my emotions because my emotions can go up one time or, or down the next. And so if you need healing in that area of your life, I encourage you to come back and everything that he's talking about as far as, you know, for your physical body, a lot of times that's what we relate healing to. But this goes for healing in your heart. If you've had a loved one pass away or you are heartbroken because of an experience in life and you need healing, well, that is a no, that's a healing that only God can heal. There is no medicine. There's some things that may be able to 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 cover the pain a little bit or dull the pain. But if you want real healing down in your heart, in your soul, in your emotions, that can only come from God. That can Amen. only come from God. Amen. We live in a medicated society. As much as I believe in medicine, there are horrible injustices as far as we've gotten to where now we just medicate everything. It's just like when a lot of times we need to allow the Word of God and the Holy Spirit to show you where that venom, show you where you've been bitten and say, you, you got bit back in eighth grade right here. You got bit as a child or you got bit in your first marriage and that thing's just leaking inside. It's just causing you this and God wants to show you how to, to take the poison out and we didn't even get to his prescription or his remedy and uh, I apologize but next week we'll finish and see his cure I'm so thankful he is still Jehovah Rapha he still knows how to make some incisions and he'll do a little bit of surgery on you and, and, and you have to do it yourself a lot of times he does it but whenever you're sitting by a tree in the woods and you've been snake bitten and you're all by yourself you, you may not have a team of physicians there you just just have to get you just got to get some intestinal fortitude about you and say I'm not going to sit here and die in the woods alone I'm going to do what it takes to, to, to get this stuff out of my heart and out of my life I'm going to watch my attitudes I'm going to watch my words I'm not going to complain and I'm going to watch my appetites and, 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 and allow God to help you and I believe he is I believe even this morning even though we didn't quite get finished that the, the, the Lord has already started doing some surgery and, and it may be good if you know people that need healing emotional physical financial whatever it is uh, invite them to church next week and we'll get into the prescription let's pray this morning uh, thank you father god that you are the great physician no doubt that there's uh, wonderful uh, physicians all over the place but but you are our great physician that you know how to extract the venom and the poison of past hurts and past failures and past offenses and past sin, past temptation, things that, that we did as a teenager or, or things that were done to us as a child or, or in, in relationships. I thank you, Lord, that even this morning you started surgery. You started working and moving in the hearts of your people. I thank you, Lord, for, for every person here that maybe knows someone, that, that they'll get them here so that they can begin health and healing and restoration and, and I thank you Lord uh, if, if you're here I want to give you just opportunity the, the last scripture I gave you was confess your faults one to another that you may be healed if you're here this morning you say I'm not right with the Lord I need spiritual healing listen you can't receive from God with that pipe all clogged up if there's things sin or offenses or hurts or pains and you said I don't want to leave this morning carrying that stuff if you already know you don't need to finish the message to know that there's venom in my body, in my life, in my mind that I need extracted today. If you're here and you need 
healing or if you need to be saved, you need to be born again. Maybe you were walking with the Lord and you're not walking with the Lord anymore. Whatever it is, if you just sense, you know what, I need to get some stuff out or I need help or I need change today. If that's you, I'd ask you to raise your hand. Is there anybody like that? Yes, ma'am. Lots of hands. Thank God for His goodness. I'm so thankful to Him that I never endeavor to say what I want to say. But I believe that, that He says what needs to be said so that so that things can be changed and there can be real help. Oh, I can't wait to get to the serpent on the pole next week. Praise God. Let's pray this together.